the Ontario Outdoor Pursuit Podcast. We deliver a hunting podcast from Ontario, Canada. We're going to give you season updates, harvest reports, and how we go from field to plate. We're going to even talk about our equipment setups and all the cool hunting stories we've experienced over the years. We're just a couple of guys who understand we don't know everything, but boy, can we put meat on the table every year. This episode is brought to you in part by our friends at Desjardins Insurance. Whether you're sitting at home, on your ATV, or in the woods, Desjardins has you covered with home, auto, and life insurance. They can even insure your trophy mounts. Contact Cody Sullivan today at 519-601-5775 or cody.sullivan, that's S-U-L-L-I-V-A-N, at Desjardins.com. And in 3, 2, 1. We are back. Just kidding. We were already recording. Ah, welcome okay. back, everybody, to episode number forty-two, forty-three. Ooh, which one is it? Oh, it's definitely forty-one. Anyways, we are continue. super excited to ramble on this week, and we are getting prepped for turkey season. Finishing up our winter archery league. It is. Uh, it is a great time of year. It's definitely winter right now. It's it's undecided what it is really. Friday night. Or Friday, Friday. I was changing tires Friday night. Yeah, it was beautiful, warm. It was sunny. Summer. Sm- summer. And then Saturday night came and we got like two to three inches of snow. Yeah, not keen. Not keen on that. We are actually just finishing up with the Hunter's Blend coffee. Just finish up a couple of cups of that after 42. dinner. 42. We also have something very excited to announce. Uh, we had our Hunter's Blend Coffee in the new OOP mugs. Uh, those are going to be available to everyone tomorrow, we said. So thank you, everyone, for your support for everything, for purchasing our merchandise. It's it's awesome. It helps the podcast. And we are now on to wine. Don't poke the bear. So we are finishing up this here bottle. Which is um, an absolutely delicious. It is great. It goes pairs very well with all kinds of dinners. Oh, it's a. I don't actually know. It says Marcello Bacco is not Noir, actually fluent Mer- in French, so Bacco Noir Merlot Pinot Noir Foc and Gamay, <laughs> which I assume means it's just like a mutt of a, a wine. gourmet wine is what that. Yeah, saying. I'm used to like Cabernet Sauvignon, which is like one type of grape. Yeah. I think this is just like a medley. It a medley. I like a medley or a mutt. <laughs> but anyways i am totally fine with either of those so we have some cool things to ramble on about this week super exciting we just had a blast before dinner what did you have for dinner by the way because we didn't eat together tonight no we did not i had a um cheese tortellini tonight with Ooh, chicken nice. um, it was delicious it's nice. always nice to change it up tomorrow we'll be right back on to the steaks nice venison always nice i did and uh, you had something pretty cool yeah i did a. Uh salmon with kickaboo spices the italian one yep on the grill and then on the side i did uh brussels sprouts potatoes onions carrots broccoli that's delicious it feels really good to eat healthy again there's nothing better than coming home and i mean aside from the cooking if you've had such a long day but cooking something good Mm -hmm. healthy putting something good into your body it's like it's fuel for hunting, man. It's freaking good. Yeah, I like that. It was delicious. But anyways, uh, I guess we both got some new toys. We got to play with one of mine today. Yeah. So I decided to buy a stick and string. Yeah, a... and it is badass, oh, man. I, that I, is so cool. Oh, I had yeah. a blast shooting that outside. It's fun, man. No sight, like 
it's a sage i bought a sage recurve and it's a uh beautiful wood it's just it's just fun because like there's no sights there's no, no pins there's no you know there's really no nothing it's just pass me that release that you got there oh yeah the, the tab so um, they call this a tab yeah, this is on tab. your three finger Mm-hmm. Uh, Marcello was actually just showing me how to shoot this. So I was flinging a few arrows outside. I haven't actually shot a recurve for, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say it since church camp. And that was when I was like 15. So that's been a long time. I was going to say it's at least like I've not 16, been practicing 15, that no. at all. So yeah, 15, 14 for me. It was, it was a lot of fun. It kind of brought me back to that, which was a blast. And we got out, well, I got out to 20 yards. You've already been shooting a little 20 and you're shooting real consistent, which was super cool. There's still those stragglers, though. There, oh, like, definitely, definitely. It, it's cool to be, what you're talking about, it's cool to be a complete novice in something again. Like, yeah. Not that we're archery experts when it comes to our compounds, but anything under 60 yards for both of us, even more, but 60 yards confidently, it's going to be within a six-inch, like, Absolutely, yeah. So to be a complete novice where it's like, hey, look, I got a 14-inch group at 20 yards. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's cool to me. Like, no, I would, uh, I would I would second that for sure. And one thing that I, I really thought was cool is, and I don't think you touched on it, but it was kind of just like how kind of out there it is. Like, with a target sight and a target bow, compound, crossbow, you have something to reference on a face, yeah. on a target. This thing, you don't have anything. No. Like and, I, and you were telling me, like, you know, some people kind of do it this way to kind of reference, you know, where they're going to take their next shot. And one thing that I was trying to do was look at the tip of the arrow to kind of see on the face where I was going to take the next shot. And it just, it didn't really work out. Like, it was so new. It was so different. And you're not paying attention. And the video is rolling. I have to answer messages. The new mugs are coming out, and people are getting really excited. This is, like, the basics of what happens, basically. We're going to come out with the bloopers in 2019 of (laughs) all of our podcast stuff because it's freaking hilarious. Like, right now, Marcello, again, is not listening to the podcast. I I listen to everything you said. Normally, this is roles reversed. You're, like, ADHD, especially at my house. You're like, hey, what's this? What's this over here? There's so many cool things. Just trying to podcast. Just so many cool things. This is cool, man. Yeah, this is so much fun. Yeah. So, anyways, back to my trad bow. Super fun. I had a blast <laughs> shooting the trad bow. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, very cool purchase. The thing, the thing like that I really <laughs> like about it is, you know, like your compound, you get to full draw and you hit that wall. Yeah. Like, really, you can't draw past it. This one, you can draw here or you can draw, you know, three inches behind it. Yeah. It's all up to you memorizing where you are, which is like, there's so many more things into play. Yeah. And it's extremely light. Yes, very light. Like, the actual bow itself is mm-hmm. stupid light. But it, it's funny, one of my first times drawing back with it, you know, I'm so used to the stabilizers we use, and I get to full draw, my my wrist is just, like, shaking left and right. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a fun experience. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, that, that's really cool, man. I, I really like that one. Like I said, it'd be a blast to go out for a day and shoot that a full, full round of 3D. Yeah. Would be a, one hell of an afternoon. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, there's, like, different styles. Like, there's the tabs, which you touched on. For release there's a glove that you wear like some people use the glove but like it's just i don't know there's so much versatility it's nice to kind of be a rook again yeah so you got a new toy i did what'd you get well it's not fully together because it's coming in pieces right many pieces but we got some um, pieces yes we do have some uh so i am getting together my new target setup so so far i got the sight still working on the bow because i'm very very indecisive which bow i'd like to get but i got the 
Excel Achieve XP, uh, six inch dovetail. That's a carbon dovetail. And the new Achieve XP that is with their um, slider button. So that allows me to go from 10 yards all the way down to, well, like around 100 yards, oh, yeah. uh, just like the Spot Hogs do. Um, Super quick. Very you quick. You don't have to crank the little wheel. Yes. I've got quarter inch adjustments, micro adjustments for everything. Um, first, second, third axis, and it's badass, man. Yeah. It's and red. you got a lens. It's red. That's new to yes, you. Yes, I did, I did get the lens for it. Uh, I'm fully set up for indoor. I'm fully set up for um, outdoor 3D, which is mainly what this build is going to be. So everyone stay tuned. You can see this build as it comes along. This will be coming to you guys very soon. Lots of cool new things archery-related for you and I this year yeah. for 2019. I'm super happy. I think happy. it's cool to... You know, we've always kind of done things together. I think yeah. it's kind of cool to branch like right now. You yeah. know, you're setting up a target bow. I'm getting in a recurve. Yeah. Let's kind of see where this goes, right? Yeah, no, it's it's going to be a blast, man. I'm really looking forward to seeing what this year brings. Not just in that, like, mainly hunting-related, our hunting trips this year. It's going oh, yeah. to be... There's going to be a lot of cool things. Um, a lot of people have reached out, and thank you to all those people that have said, you know, come on down for a hunt. Let's get together. We could, you know, go scouting or whatever. Like, that's that's pretty cool, and uh, we definitely have some cool questions f regarding some of that stuff later on in the episode. So yeah, for it's, sure. it's going to be fun, man. I'm uh, very, very excited for this year. I have some little notes that I wrote down for this podcast. Yeah, let's I didn't hear want them. to forget too many things. Let's hear them. Oh, I almost forgot. Yeah. I won a. That's uh, why you write it down. I won a draw. Well, I did write it down for this reason. <laughs> I won a uh, draw last uh, week. It was uh, so Real Outdoor Reviews, which is another Ontario company. Yeah. Does some really cool reviews on products. Looks at them. Kind of tells you, you know, what they do. And uh, like I said, from Ontario, so I really appreciate that. But he was doing a giveaway on his Instagram page. Basically, you had to guess a card in a deck of cards. Right. So I was like, all right randomly guessed i think i guessed like four clubs or something wrote down my guess whatever next day i get a message that uh i won a contest and basically you know like target pins that you put to hold your uh, paper target up won a four pack of those and they're like shaped like uh fletchings right and they're made by gb tactical ict is their instagram but yeah basically they're just really nice target pins that are easy to pull out you know sometimes we use those nails that you use for styrofoam real yeah. pain in the ass to get your finger behind them they these are. ones are big old knobs that you hold on to and they pull out yeah. So yeah, show Cameron right now. But. No, I, I like them. I think they're cool. Yeah. And so, me and you, we never, we don't win shit ever. So. No, nice no I never. That, that was the first draw I've ever won in my life. Yeah. And I was super stoked. Came to my house. He express shipped it, so it was at my house in like one day. That's like, perfect. Man, you didn't have to like. Yeah. You could wait three or four days, but I really appreciated it, and I was really happy to do that. So if you guys want to check out Real Outdoors reviews on Instagram, yeah. suggest you do. But yeah. You ever won anything? What have I won? I don't. I you won, won tickets. I did win tickets to the Rodney Big Buck show. Remember that? That was about the only thing that I won. I uh, super grateful of that. Um, but I don't. Yeah, I never win anything. No, I, I, I've never. Other than this, I've never won anything. I've entered a bunch of contests to win stuff. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. Some people are born with a horseshoe up their ass. Yeah, that's I not am me. Not one of those I, people. No clovers. No horseshoes. No. Nothing. So what else did you have on that list for tonight? Well, we have a bunch of listener questions, but I want to build it up a little bit. Okay. So we'll get to that in a bit. Uh, I do. Did you tell them the price of the mugs yet? I have not. Uh, I guess because that is going to be delayed in the release of this. You had already seen the post at this point. So the mugs here, uh, I guess for all of our YouTube listeners, viewers, hey 
uh, they are going to be going for eleven ninety nine. So um, eleven ninety nine, we will work something out with you for shipping. The way most of our merchandise works, we're not running a store, we're not a clothing or merchandise company. We're doing this all strictly in just support of the podcast, right? So everything is handmade, whether it be clothing or these mugs. We're doing a lot of stuff this way because we're reaching out to companies, people that are close to us, and this is how we're, you know, kind of going about things. This is our approach. Um, So that's kind of what you're paying for, and, you know, you're promoting the podcast. So Mm -hmm. we're here. We're talking hunting. Actually, I got something I want to talk about. Real, it's, real it's ha- half this is your podcast so you're allowed to you're gonna you're gonna love it or you're gonna hate it um okay. he might hate it i'm gonna dig up his name real soon but we aren't just about podcasting with big names no we, we've done it in the past for sure we've had a couple big names on here yeah, we've had average joe's uh, like average joe's uh, and many companies mm-hmm. so when we message a company and you know jump on this anytime you feel we're, we're not just looking for free stuff mm-hmm. When we message people, we just message them for, you know, for out of our interest because it's something we're interested in. Mm-hmm. If it's not a product we've used, it's a product that we've just constantly seen coming up and we have some cool products uh, in the next couple of weeks that we'll be, you know, really utilizing and be doing something cool with as well. Um, Hunter's Blend Coffee. These guys were one of my favorite guys to talk to at ATA. Yeah. And they were down to earth. The coffee, man, I'm telling you, like, you well, you know, but for our listeners and our viewers, this stuff is good coffee. Yeah. Like, it is. I, it's so reasonably priced. They're, they have the same mindset we do. And those are the kind of people that I want to talk to, associate, have any kind of, you know, you know, relationship to do with. Yeah. That's, those are the people I want to do it with. So, no, exactly. That's there, why we reach out to the people we do, yeah. right? There's a company, like, and like you said, like, it's not just about free stuff. Like, I never brought it up, but. I went and with my own money, I bought a new set of um, hearing protection. Yeah. But like, I have the electronic earmuffs I put over my ear. Yeah. Pain in the ass with a shotgun because my butt always hits the bottom of it. Mm-hmm. So I can't wear those. And then normal earplugs, they just don't work because you can't hear people talking. Yeah. So I found these things called decibels. And it's B U L L Z, not Z for the American listeners. It's Z. So, anyways, they're custom molded. You heat them up in water. You push them in your ear. They mold, and they let you know when you and I are talking at this volume. I can hear you. But when a gunshot goes off, it's not electronic, but there's a percussive cap that stops the sound getting in. Mm-hmm. So, you know, duck hunting, goose hunting, when you're firing off, you know, what twenty shots in a hunt at least. Yeah, I guess it depends how many you shoot. But right, um, when you're firing off that many, your ears start to ring at the end of the day, no matter what. Yeah. So over the course of, you know, 20, 30 years, I'm expecting to be deaf. So anyways, I went out of my way and bought these, and they're super, super awesome. And, you know, they're like 100 bucks, but they're come with, they come with two sets of moldables. I've only ever used one. And then they're just super comfortable, and I like wearing them. So like you said, like, I don't, we're not just doing this for free stuff. Like, yeah, no. You know what, like, and that's a perfect way to put it because, yeah, we've been asked if, you know, you get free stuff for sure. Yeah, you know, if we've you, gotten some free stuff, before. yeah, absolutely. Cool. I won't, I, I won't uh, deny that. And the thing about it is, it's advertising. If you understand how a business works, it's advertising. If you want to, you know, if if we're promoting Kit Kat all of a sudden, Kit Kat might just send you a couple free chocolate bars. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how okay. shit works. That's well, advertising. It's the same reason it's why business. our toques were so cheap, why our sweaters are so cheap, yeah. why our mugs are so cheap. Like it's, we're not making a profit off, and we're not trying to make a killing out here. No. It's just, you know 
put a little bit of pool for um, stuff like electronic gear that we've all paid for already. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it's just mostly marketing. So when your buddy's like, hey, OOP sweater, what's that about? Yeah. Like, we're, oh, what company is that? You know, it's just a yeah. conversation piece. Yeah, and you're right. So. You know what? That's a great point. The, this stuff is not free. Mm-hmm. The, the It's not free. It's not overly cheap. Mm-hmm. And it's it's the stuff where the tools we're using to bring you guys the content and allow you guys to listen to something, laugh at, and, you know, be a part of. So yeah. anyway, the one guy I wanted to give a shout out because he was a little while back on a phenomenal podcast that we had. And again, thanks to Paige for joining us on that podcast. Alpha Canadian. Oh, yeah. Alpha Canadian. I told him I was going to give him a shout out because he was annoying the shit out of me. <laughs> Because of his nasty comments. First off, this was a cool podcast, right? Okay. This was this was someone who has done great in the archery industry. Paige Pierce um, shoots for Bowtech. And this guy was not pumped on the fact that she was not Canadian. Yeah, we had to apparently have had a Canadian, you know, someone on the podcast that was mm-hmm. a Canadian archer. Now, the thing <laughs> is, though, Cam and I have talked about it that day. It's like... Well, the bottom line, it doesn't matter if she's American or not. She's a great archer. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to not have her on here just because she's American. Yeah. She made her way through the ranks and is a phenomenal archer. It doesn't matter where she was born. No. I don't really care. And she's 23. And, and that what? guy's older than her. Stop making fun of a little girl. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> and the other thing about that is, you know, they're... Th- the whole reason, and maybe I haven't said it enough, and we've got something pretty cool come for 2019 based on some prior stuff before the podcast... Mm-hmm. A little biography, we started this podcast because I, I said to you one day, you know, you said, you know, check out this this Titanium Archery Products Company. I checked them out, and I listened to this podcast, and I was like, dude, that's pretty cool. Like, it was cool to listen to the podcast, super informative, mm-hmm. and I listened to another one, Wired to Hunt, Mark Kenyon, yep. also now part of the Mediator crew. Oh, yeah. Badass, man. That Those were really cool to listen to those podcasts, and then I said to you one day, we need a podcast for Ontario. There is no Canada oh, or Ontario agree. hunting yeah, podcast. You brought it up and I said, let's do it. Yeah. So we buckled down. We figured out how we wanted to go about it, what we really want to talk about, target. And here we are still recording. This is to bring more acknowledgement for hunting, archery, guns, uh, working out, uh, enjoying a glass of wine, cooking good food, being able to cook your wild game, right? Like everything that we want to do that we love to do regarding the outdoors in most sense, making it known for Ontario. There's so much in the States because they're so involved in oh, that industry oh, 100%. here in Ontario. We are not Canada as a whole. Yes. There's yeah. lots of stuff out West, but man, this, the Southern parts of Ontario, Canada is not. No. And it's mostly, you know, you could attribute a lot of that to farmland versus big cities and how many people live there. Yeah. Obviously that takes a huge play in how you're raised and how close you live to being able to hunt. But I mean, yeah, I agree with you. And that, that, that sums it up really. I mean, it's, there's no better way to put it than that. So, so unfortunately we lost one podcast listener because we did, but because I said I was going to give him a shout out, he's listening for a shout out. So bro, this is your shout out. Don't need your crap on my social media pages again. Enjoy the podcast or go enjoy another podcast because yes. there's lots of good ones out there. Yeah, good thing is Canada's free. So if you <laughs> want to listen to the podcast, I'm not going to be offended. Like, yeah. I Honestly, it was an absolute pleasure for you and I to have talk, be able to talk to Paige Pierce, like yeah. a nurture of that caliber. Absolutely. So, Just gave us an hour I'm, of her time and we shot I'm not shit. bummed out that she's American. No, not one bit. No. 
I do want to remind everyone, I brought up Kickaboo Spices earlier yes. with the salmon that I did today. It was amazing. Yes. So we have a promo code with them, and that is KickaOOP. Gives you spices. Key. Gives you 10% off of your order, whatever you guys want to buy from them. And they're from Ontario, because we don't talk to enough Ontario or Canadian people. <laughs> so they're from Ontario. They're, Ray and his wife are just awesome people. Uh, we met up with them at the Toronto Sportsman Show. Got a... Actually, what did we do the weekend after the Toronto Sportsman Show? We didn't talk about that yet. What did we do after that weekend? Pepperettes and summer oh, sausage. that is right. We did 35 pounds of pepperettes and summer sausage. So us. Ray hooked us up after the show, which we had uh, helped him out for a little while. And thank you to everyone that came out and supported at the Toronto Sportsman Show, as well as recognize the fact that they've heard Kickaboo through our podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, really appreciate that. As did Ray, and yeah, Ray hooked us up with some delicious spices that we use on pretty well all of our damn meals. Yeah, and they came out with the pepperette mix, yep. which was really big because... And that put hours to work the weekend following. Oh, yeah, but I mean, it's so simple. Like, add water to this amount, mm-hmm. mix it up, put it in your meat, and then just stuff and yep. smoke, yep. and then cure. No, it was great, and so what did we do for pepperettes? Which one? We did... I know we did... Summer sausage was venison. Yeah. Did a little bit of leftover that we had, what are we, four, three-inch ones? Yeah. For the summer sausage, and then we did all the goose and pepperettes. Yeah. And so we smoked it at 140 for like six hours, and then raised it until we got above 165, which is the cooking temperature of pork, just to be safe. Even though there's cure salts in it, we don't have to worry about properly curing after because we mm-hmm. know it's cooked. Um, let it air cure for, I think, just over two days, and then... Next thing you know, we packaged them up with a vacuum sealer, and they were absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. No, I I was happy the way everything turned out. I've already munched a couple packs of the venison. Oh, yeah. I, getting I'm into the goose. out of venison pepperettes. Yeah. I'm out. That, that's it. Like, I already finished them. That's crazy. So, Shrimps was with us. He joined us and helped us make them. He yeah. loved them. He's super happy. And I was really impressed with the taste of the summer sausage. Yeah. Easy spice to use. Uh, it, was, it was delicious. Love it. Thank you, Ray. Go use that uh, code, KICKAOOP, for 10% off and get yourself some pepperette mix. Mix yourself up some of those pepperettes, summer sausage, whatever you like. Oh, yeah. It's it's perfect. And I like how he did it. You just cure salt separately. So if you're like, well, I'm not big into nitrates, which I understand, you don't have to use it. It's packaged separately. Yeah. So you don't want to use it? Good. Throw it away. Use pepperette mix. I appreciated that. Yeah, me too. We have some exciting stuff. Oh, so when is this podcast available to our listeners? Uh, I'm going to say tomorrow. Okay. So in case you're wondering, we recorded this on April 1st. It's just kidding? No. Yeah, I was just going to say, just do, we, kidding? do you make a stupid joke about being April <laughs> <laughs> If you're listening to this, uh, I don't know what time you'll be listening to this, but tomorrow evening, there is going to be some serious Instagram stories happening. Oh, it's, it's Dude, going down. Are you ready? It's going down. Man. Oh, man. Like after every end, we're going to upload a story. Oh. So here it is in a nutshell. I was I was into archery for quite a while, say about four years ago. You know, I was shooting lots of archery. Mm-hmm. Two years ago, uh, we kind of rekindled our relationship. Wow. April Fool's there. That's the April Fool's. <laughs> <laughs> we reignited and... We became uh, friends again. Yeah, again. Yeah. So, and what we do, we went out and shot some bows. Yep. And uh, we had a great time shooting around a 3D, 
and I was I was really into the bow hunting, mm-hmm. but not so much uh, the target archery. Mm-hmm. And in the past two years, man, my love for target 3D archery has grown exponentially. Nice. And it's a lot of fun. And yeah, thanks to you, my archery game has grown phenomenally. Nice. And we have now, I have been giving you a run for your money. Yeah, so... But shit's about to go down tomorrow so night. the first few weeks, I think I was in the lead by a couple of wins. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then I started going a bit... You know how archery is. You go down... It, yeah, it's up and down. And then you started climbing up. So, for total points for wins, Cameron's at 16 points. Yeah. I'm at 16 points. And there's only <laughs> one day left of this lead. This is... Uh, tomorrow is the... Tomorrow, today. Today, I guess. You'll be yeah, listening, when you're to listening to this. Is the, the last day. Yeah. So we're going to be making up for it. Winner takes all, which means nothing really. But it's a 12 week league, and here me and you are at the end of it, week 12. Oh, it's going to be so good because like, even if it's out by like a, you know, a hair. Oh, we're going to be all over it. We'll judge, be calling judge, judges. Judge. judge. <laughs> oh, 100% it's going down. Tomorrow. We're going to need several judges. I hope all the guys are there tomorrow for that. Yeah. Um, I'm excited, man. It's going to be good. And then we're going to finish off the week um, with an awesome little 3D shoot as well, as well with the league. So yeah. um, that's so going to be a fun shoot as well. if you win the league, but you, then the other person wins the 3D night? That's that not a question for me. that person won 3D. doesn't matter. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. that's a tie. That's 1-1. One, one. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you won the league. Technically, the other person won the 3D. I'm not disagreeing with that. I, I don't know. That's not a question for me. All right. We're just going to have to do it with recurve. That's fine. We're just going to have to get a couple dozen arrows at this oh. point. So uh, I forgot to mention that. We talked about Reaker real quick. So I went into Antler River the other day. Didn't mind, Didn't really plan on buying anything. Just, you know, break at lunch. Started shoot. James convinced me to shoot Recurve. I was like, yeah, you know what? I've been wanting to get back into Recurve. It's been since I was like 15 or something. Yeah. Sure. So I just picked up like a grown-up Recurve. Just shooting it for fun, whatever. And James is like, uh, "Tell me, did you get the lick and stick to the window?" No, oh, I had one of those. One hundred percent, I had one of those. Oh, you need the lick and stick. Mama Bondi probably didn't throw it out, so it's probably somewhere at the house. Nice. Um. So, anyways, with just a little bit of mold on the the tip, probably more than a little, little a little moisture buildup. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> so I, uh, anyways, I ended up loving it. I was like, well, I don't know. And he's like. This bow itself is 200 bucks. I was like, okay, let's Package do it. Package it up. Let's do it. So I just bought, bought the recurve, and then uh, James was like, you want to have a little friendly competition? I was like, yeah, okay, I'm going to face a guy who's been, who owns an archery shop at a recurve. Anyway, so it was like first to get two bullseyes wins. I think we, we did like two rounds, whatever, and then on the second or third round, I drilled two X's in a row, and James is like, this better not be on the OOP podcast, because this is bad for business. He didn't even say it right. No. So the backstory <laughs> to James is, you know, James is, how old do you think James is? James is mid mid to early 50s. Yeah. Great guy. Really knowledgeable when it comes to animal, life, animal wildlife biology and, you know, like, deer population and how all those things work. Yeah. And ducks and... But uh, he's really funny at memorizing things. So the OOP podcast is the XOP podcast. Yes, to James. Oh, how's the XOP going? <laughs> Pretty good, James. Thank you. <laughs> so, yeah. There's James. a giant banner at the store of the OOP podcast, yeah. and it's still pronounced XOP. Yeah, so if you're in Antler River next time, uh, located in on Gideon 
It's in, in Delaware. Delaware, Ontario. So go check it out. Go say hi to James. Say, hey, you heard about Antler River from the XOP podcast. <laughs> he will lose it. He'll think that's the funniest thing he's heard. So that's uh, James is getting that shout out for that one for yeah. sure. Also, Anyways, definitely a good time to check them out. Uh, James did just get in uh, a big order of new bows and a lot of equipment. And a lot of, if you've been following along to our Instagram stories, a lot of new decoys for turkey season. So uh, go down there, check it out, Antler River Archery. Do you have the new cushions that we bought? Uh, I do. Is it upstairs? It's not. Is that your tree stand? It's not. In the truck? No. Where'd you put it? Just the other room. Oh, okay. I was going to say, James ordered in five of these things. They were all gone within a month. Yes. So I just can't remember the brand name. That's why I was going to ask you to run and get it. Ah. Not a big deal. Anyways, we got these cushions for the tree stands because, as you know, your butt pads on your tree stands eventually wear out. Like, my tree stand's four years old. The butt pad's pretty thin. I think yours was in the same condition. Oh, yeah. Just chewed by squirrels. And then we saw this butt pad that James had on a stand that came in, and it was, like, four inches thick Mm. and, like, high-density, super, like, memory foam. Right. And so anyways, we're like, oh, man, what I do for just the cushion? Because I don't want to buy any tree stand. James is like, I can get those in. Mm-hmm. So anyways, they were twenty nine ninety nine and super comfortable. They're amazing. I cannot wait to sit I put it that. down at the dinner table, actually, and Victoria was making fun of me for why I was sitting on that. They're stupid comfortable, man. Yeah. So anyways, I'm really happy with those. Those came in. If you ever need to upgrade your seat on your tree stand, don't suffer with sitting on bare metal or a shitty-ass pad. Yeah. Go for $30 and go buy one of the best pads I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, there's a few left. Uh, no, now. they're gone. He can go get more, though. They're gone now. Yeah, all five Jeez. were gone within the month. You Incredible. got either the last one or the, last, the second last. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, no, they're, they're totally worth it. Yeah, super happy with that. So, to Let's conclude. Let's go ahead and do our weekly. Listener questions. Not Marcello's fun facts. No, it's not. Marcello doesn't have fun facts. I have no they're, they're interesting. I, nobody said they were fun, though. Fun fact. No, interesting fact. Sure, interesting fact. <laughs> Do you know why beavers' teeth are orange in color? I don't. It's because they uh, absorb the mineral iron into their teeth, where most where humans don't. So the actual red tinge gives it is because of the rust from iron, and that's also why their front teeth are so hard they can bite wood. There you go. That was that That's wasn't a fun. fun. Fact. It wasn't fun. <laughs> I would not say it was fun, but nonetheless, it was certainly interesting. Okay, so I have a question that I have to find first, and then we can dive on. First question uh, we are going to have is the price of the OOP mugs. As mentioned, those will be eleven ninety nine for those mugs. So first question is actually from Richard SV One, which is Richard Vincentino. And so he said, I was wondering if you guys could go over how you do a skull mount, also known as European, or if you've done them, uh, if you've done them ourselves, cost, process, etc. Thanks a bunch. No, thank you, Richard. Yeah. That's the first one. So I've done two in my life. I've done a bear skull. Mm -hmm. I usually pass my buck skulls along. Yeah. Super easy. Yeah, it is super easy. There are several ways to do it. If you have a propane burner, it's like a turkey fryer. Yeah, turkey fryer. Yeah. It's a great way to do it. I generally put in some salts into a turkey fryer and boil at a high temp. I can also use a pressure washer to take care of a lot of the whitening on the skull plus the brain matter. Mm-hmm. 
But one thing to not use is bleach. Yeah, you I've do not too. use bleach. That will give you a very soft that actually softens the bone. Yep. So it's not something that you want to use. Yes, it will work to whiten it. I've tried it. It will but soften. But it's like it. a temporary pleasure. It will. In if you have something with teeth as well, it generally expands and kind of yeah. contracts where those uh, the the tooth fouls will be. Yep. Um, that'll make the teeth actually fall out. Yep. So how have you done yours? Uh, same thing, turkey fryer. I do mine on like a rolling boil, so it's just boiling. Okay. Uh, obviously skin the deer head yep. or take the tongue out. Take as much flesh as you can off. In there, I wrap the antlers in tinfoil so they don't discolor. And then I let it sit in there for hours and hours <coughs> until all the meat's almost fallen off. I take it off. Then I use my pressure washer, blow out all the brain matter the anything remaining anything remaining if it needs to go back in it goes back in and then redo now what do you do for now, the actual whitening process right, so my last step once <laughs> i'm happy with all the flesh and everything being off the skull i take half a bottle of hydrogen peroxide into the boiling water and then dip it back in and again i protect the antlers okay dip it back in and then i'm careful like i'll i'll check it every 15 minutes pull it out okay it needs to be a little whiter once i'm happy with it out let it dry and then I'm good, and that's how I, I like mine. it. Yeah, last time I did mine, I was at a buddy's, and we he didn't have he had a gas pressure washer, didn't want to use it because it was like ten at night, kids were sleeping. We went to a truck washing place with the deer skull, and started blowing brain matter all over the walls. And the owner walked Just by. Just a U wash. Yeah, like <laughs> no, actually it was a U wash. The one, the one in Palm Mills. No. That's the owner walked by, stopped, looked in, because our truck was, like, backed way out of the place. And he looks at it and goes, yeah, that's a first. And then just, like, laughed and walked away. We're like, all right, didn't get yelled at. Nice. <laughs> so, anyways, that's for, that's one of the questions for today. And the next question is from the great Canadian Rick. Well, great Canadian Rick, but I think the great Canadian Rick. <sighs> uh, so he asked, have you guys discussed scopes yet? A little bit, but I don't mind touching up on it again. Yeah, let's hear it. Uh, I'm a Vortex guy. Vortex binoculars, Vortex scopes. Diamondback, best bang for your buck. I like 4 to 12 by, what is mine, 44 mil lens on my scope? Yeah. And I just think you're getting such a good clarity of glass, such a good quality of glass, and such an awesome warranty with Vortex that when you, you know, like I've, I've looked through Leopold scopes, and I can't really notice a big difference between a Diamondback and a Leopold scope other than a price tag. Now, do you think that's just because you haven't put enough time behind it? Because yes, obviously there's got to no. be something that they figure, okay, well, one's worth, you know, a yeah. thousand, one's worth now, 500. I, I do realize with the Vortex, the more expensive the scope is, the smaller it is. Okay. And I mean, like, length of it. Yeah. So the Crossfire is the longest scope, which is their cheapest. Then you go to Dimeback, a little bit smaller. The Razors, which are, like, one of their high-end ones, is actually are actually pretty short. So I think that has to do with it. And, I mean, maybe that's why, because they're trying to get all this quality of glass and a smaller scope could be um but like with a leopold you know like to go to another brand i'd i don't want to own a scope for three months and be like oh i do notice a difference like i want to pick it up be like wow that's a difference yeah you know like i i feel like i should be blown away to switch companies so i love i love those and I, my scope has a bdc on my 270 yeah so crosshair um and then underneath it you have a hash a hash a hash uh, Vortex has this program you can do online. You type in the altitude you're shooting at, the weight of your bullet, the manufacturer, if they're preload, if they're 
loaded by you. You type in all the information for it, and it gives you a ballistic chart. So now I know my top crosshair. If I cite that at zero that at a hundred, the second crosshair might be like two fifteen, two hundred fifteen yards. Third one might be like three thirty or something. So it'll actually tell you what all those hashes are going to be, which is awesome because for you know like a four hundred dollar scope, you can now shoot out to like six seven hundred yards. Yeah. So I, I always like that. I know you've had. Is it Nikon you've used? No, Bushnell. Bushnell. Uh, I definitely don't mind Nikon glass. I love Nikon cameras. Yeah. Um, but they do make a quality glass. No, I do really like the uh, Bushnell lenses, uh, or scopes, rather. Um, I have the banner on my muzzle loader, only because I haven't picked it up for a while. For my 30 odd 6, uh, I will be putting a 3500 uh, on there for the rain guard. And. I really like the Bushnell 3500, and I like the Banner BDC. One, I think they're just bomb-proof, yeah. they're weatherproof, and they're really clear glass. Now, now, do they have the same kind of warranty as Vortex? Like, I know Vortex I don't literally... don't actually they, recall. Like, literally, if your house caught on fire, and you have, like... You don't have to sign up for this warranty. Yeah, it's just once I remember you, you telling me about this with your yeah, binos. Like something catches on fire, yeah. burns out. It doesn't matter if you have, like, one piece of plastic left from it. Mm-hmm. You send that in, they send you a new one. You know what? I haven't looked into it enough. I My my guns do collect a lot of dust. They do not get out as much as they would like to. Mm-hmm. But, um, no, it's something I should look into, and I don't actually know. I know a lot of companies do now, too. Like, Leopold does. I want to say Nikon does. So I'm pretty sure Bushnell does, too, actually. I would sure they would sure they would do something. Mm-hmm to keep up with their competitors for yeah. sure. But no, I think it's uh they're another good budget, you know, scope as well. Yeah. So when you're buying a new scope for your, let's pretend you didn't have one picked out for your 30 out six already. <clears throat> yeah. What are you looking for for scope? You know, average guy, uh, deer stand up North. Yeah. Hunting with this 30 out six. The biggest thing I guess is the weather. Okay. If it is not some sort of, you know, uh, rain guard or weather HD, then I'm not interested because mm-hmm. it can have it can be a Swarovski and not be weatherproof and right. I'm not interested. No, and you so, want it to be like gas purged. Yes, no gas purged inside. Yes, that will also help with the amount of shock that is being put through from your gun to the scope actually, and I think that's important based on the caliber of mm-hmm. gun you're shooting. A muzzleloader, you're packing a heavy punch, mm-hmm. and that's something that led me to the banner. A lot of people said that it's good for the glass really holds up due to all the rattling the amount of you know puncture that it takes so that's one thing i'm looking for is weather uh the quality of glass and the durability as far as which caliber i'm getting it for now you uh you know mckenzie yep he had the scope on his 30-06 so camera where it was but basically it was at at 100 yards if he was i think he was three to nine power so if he's at three and he's aiming at 100 yards his top crosshair bang on he zooms in to like six power. All of a sudden, now he's like two inches left. Zooms into t- to nine power. Now he's like four inches left. Really? So it was something messed up in the zoom. Yeah. But uh, I can't remember the company, but I know they replaced it no problem, no questions asked. You know, something that I've always looked for is obviously the clarity of it, how well that light transmits through it. Because at dusk and dawn, you know, middle of the day, any scope's going to let you see through, but dusk and dawn is the most important times because mm-hmm. normally you see the most activity those times. And if you don't have a good light transmission in a scope, then you might as well not hunt mornings or evenings. Because... Which is another thing the banner offers. So mm-hmm. Yeah, they have a dusk and dawn, I yeah. think, is what they're called yeah. from them. So I think those are important. I think the crosshair type you want, whether you want like a mill dot, 
or you want you know the BDCs, or you just want straight crosshair. Mm-hmm. Some people like that. Um, and like you said, I think the, one of the most important things is caliber specific. You're not going to buy a scope that's intended for a 22 yeah. and put it on, no. you know, like a 300 wind mag. Yeah, it definitely requires it research. I know what I was getting at. Because you want it to be caliber specific, because if it can't handle the recoil, it's going to mess up. Yeah. And I think that's what happened there with Mackenzie. I, yeah, I would, I would put money on that. Back on topic. So anyways, I hope that answers that. Um, if you have any scopes in mind that you're like, hey, I'm thinking about that, then, I mean, if we've shot it, we'll definitely tell your opinions, and if you don't, we'll be honest. Uh, next one's from Tim O'Leonard. So, turkey season prep and scouting tips. General, get out and drive with binoculars. <laughs> yes, uh, definitely take your cup of coffee with you, Hunter's Blend, of course, and your binos. Do lots of scouting. Find the times they're coming down, the fields, what they're going to. Monitor it, write it down. One thing I've actually come, a, you know, kind of caught myself doing a lot more, and it's I'm just getting into it now with this new archery build that I'm doing, is I'm writing a lot of things down. So obviously, I'm very impressed that you're becoming organized like an adult. <laughs> I'm adulting. That's, That's a thing. Good. It's a hashtag adulting. So uh, obviously last year you've seen how diligent I was in my deer hunting. Um, I did such as writing down moon phases, um, the weather, precipitation, different winds, stand locations, food sources, all those things. Something that's more impressive than that is that you pronounced precipitation properly. How would you pronounce precipitation? I just expect you to be precipitation. I just want to say I'm impressed. Is that how you would say it? I already said it. (laughs) So, no, that's I, I would totally pronounce that just fine. But is writing things down, go out there, take your binos, see, are they on green fields? Are they on fresh tilled fields? Are they on last year's, you know, cut bean fields? Mm -hmm. And what times are they coming down? Are they coming down on high winds, low winds, Mm -hmm. rain? One thing I've always found for turkeys is they come out when it's pouring rain all the time. Turkeys love fields and pouring rain. So uh, those are some of the things to look forward to. We will go in depth next week for turkey talk. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a great idea. Next question is from Kate Hodgkin Hodgson 44, which is Christian Hodgson. I had to actually look at it. Uh, he's moving from Southern Ontario to Northern Ontario this summer. Tips on deer hunting in the North. Uh, get a rifle. Cause yes. you can kind of, well, no, I still love bow hunting. You're going to be pushing distance. Yeah. You can push distance up there with a rifle. Well, it's, I mean, if you're, if you're taking a bow out there, you're just going to be putting on miles. Yeah. I, I really, I don't think there's too much of a big difference. Like you're still going to be, you know, adamant on your scent. Mm-hmm. Um, your scouting is going to play a huge role. Where you're hunting in a field, or you're hunting mm-hmm. on a food plot. Like, there's not too much of a big difference. The thing that I've realized though in northern Ontario is, the more north we go, the worse the deer population gets. For sure. And I, this is on average. Obviously, there's places up north that are a little bit better than us, but. Um, I think on average, the further up north you go, the worse deer it is, the better moose and bear you mm-hmm. get. So, I mean, maybe your first year you might not want to be as picky but on your deer. You mm-hmm. know, if you're really big in a high caliber deer, like you're shooting 160s to almost a 200 down here, mm-hmm. you might not get that up there. Yeah. You might not see that up there is what I'm trying to say. I know Buddy's dad has hunted up in uh, about five hours north of London for, uh, I guess he's like 40 years old, so 30 years at least. And... Every year they have a thing, you know, it's brown, it's down. Yeah. It's not for everyone. I don't want to get into the politics of it, but, like, you, you know, he's happy with get, taking home with whatever he gets. 
The one thing he has gotten is a 14-point buck from up there, though. So, I mean, it's not to say that they don't exist, mm-hmm. but I think you see a lot less deer. I'd say you nailed it. You've yeah. got, you know, down here we have deer, turkey, and coyotes that are just infested in the bush, right? Yeah, so, and then the coyotes turn into wolves up north. Yeah, you got wolves. Now you're now sharing everything that the deer want to eat with the moose, and the moose are a lot bigger. They're certainly bound to push deer out. I've seen, though I have seen lots of trail camera photos of moose and deer sharing same food plots. Yeah. Um, you're dealing with bears and, yeah, like you said, wolves. Um, one thing that we as Ontarians, Ontarians? Do you say Ontarians? <laughs> Holy I don't know. Shit. I don't even know stuff. what you say. Um, as, you're a good Ontarian. Uh, yeah. On, as Ontario residents, um, we don't do enough uh, homework on our bear hunting and we don't do enough on our wolf hunting. Mm. So one thing, um, and you're probably going to notice it in the next few years with the uh, amount of tags being handed out for moose hunting is the decline. Yeah. Uh, and that is simply because we're not putting enough time and effort into our bear hunting and our wolf hunting. Uh, myself personally, I love wolves. I think they are a very majestic, uh, they're, they're an amazing animal. Um, I actually have several DVDs over there uh, with uh, Jim and Jamie Dutcher, and they did all kinds of living with wolves, um, the raising of the wolves, and I can't remember exactly which pack it was that they were kind of, they had cared for them since uh, Pups was uh, out in Yellowstone. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we, we, we just haven't done our due diligence for that, and a lot of people aren't really into bear hunting. Now, me personally, over the past two years specifically, I've looked at bear hunting as coyote hunting. It's They have become almost pests. Mm-hmm. There's so many bears, and not many people realize that. But you can eat a bear. Like, there's you certainly can eat a bear. A bear. I have eaten meat. many bears. Yeah. Some of my favorite sausage I've ever had was bear sausage. My favorite roast is a bear roast. Yeah. It's um, awesome meat. It's not like a coyote. Like I no. Yeah, I have not eaten a coyote. Eaten a coyote. No. That that may be to come. Would you try a coyote? Uh, Could we prepare that for the I listeners and the viewers? I would try a backstrap on a coyote. I, I would. We will I prepare would that. I so for... well done in case there's any parasites. Right. But I would try it. I'm just going to avoid that question and say, yeah, we'll try it. Yeah. Okay. I'd, like, I mean, I'm not going to go out of my way to sh- when I shoot one to eat it. But if someone's yeah. like, hey, man, I cooked up some coyote, I'd be like, all right, give me a fork. Yeah. One no, thing I, I, I think. Go on. No, no. I think that uh, for the most part sums up his question. You did say scouting in there, and I think that is going to be ninety percent, if not, you know, eighty percent. Yeah, no, you're you're going to need to scout that very hard. Yeah. So before we get into the last couple questions, there, um, you brought up, uh, you mentioned briefly tags. Mm -hmm. This is something we haven't touched up on, and Ontario changed their tags or seals that we have for the better. For the worse. It's April Fool's. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, uh, they're paper now. They're not the uh, waterproof ones. What's that? Your thoughts? Uh, not good. I don't like... You need to be very careful with the new ones because you cannot laminate them. No. You're not allowed to laminate them. So you're stuck with a piece of paper. The benefit, I suppose, is you don't need to go anywhere. You can put them off at home. The downside I can see to that is... I know you and I won't be poaching. I know the people mm-hmm. I hunt with won't be poaching. But I think it's easier for someone to poach now because absolutely, they can print one at home. Sure, they can print one. Now they photocopy it because it's just on regular paper. Uh, they photocopy it. They go shoot a turkey because turkey season is coming up. They shoot a turkey. They you know they notch it properly in the field like they're supposed to. They wrap it around its leg. They start to drive home. Ammoner pulls them over. Oh, did you yeah. take your turkey? Yeah, it's in the bed. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
Or sorry, the new ones you actually don't have to attach to the leg. No, you don't. You just got to keep them in right. your pocket adjacent to you. It does need to be notched, though. Yes. So anyways, oh, do you have your notch paper? Yeah, it's right here. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, cool. The guy goes home. Processes the turkey, turns into sausage, whatever. You're allowed two tags in Ontario. So let's just say instead of buying a second tag, he just uses a second photocopy. Mm-hmm. Repeats the process. But he gets pulled over, goes and grabs a third photocopy. I, I don't see... Whereas before, you had two tags. You use those two, you can't really do anything. Like Once they're notched, yeah. they're notched. Here's the thing. You are dealing with, okay, just for numbers sake, we'll say 10,000 in Ontario. Sure. 10,000 in Ontario hunting. Mm-hmm. You're telling me per, I think it's like two people say we're uh, middle sex. Yep. For, oh, even just we'll throw it on three, just for numbers sake. There's sure. three MNR officers patrolling the middle sex sure. vicinity. For the rest of them, they're looking after probably a good 3,000. How are you going to patrol put that many officers onto that many people? You can't. You won't. I last year I hunted like everything considered right around 100 days of the year. Waterfowl, bear, everything I did. Now I ran into MNR twice, twice out of two out of 100. Right. So I mean, for the other people, I'm going to assume it's around the same average. Mm -hmm. So you're going to tell me that you know if a guy's poaching, he's not going to do it once. He's just going to poach. So the the new tag system, I think, is just awful. I don't like the idea that it's paper. You can put it in a Ziploc bag. That's probably what I'm going to have to do. I'm going to bitch the whole time, though. But what if you forget a paper bag and it starts raining and it's in your backpack? Mm-hmm. Okay, now your tag's ruined. Like, mm-hmm. what are you supposed to there do? There was that? nothing wrong with the, the, like the yellow tag system. I like the yellow tag system. And uh, for the people that bitch and complain about the putting it on a buck and then taking a photo, I don't want it on my in my photo. Who cares, man? You're, one, you're following the rules. That's the yeah. requirement. So if you want to play their game, you have to follow the rules. Yeah, and it, it says on it you need to place it on at the kill site yeah you can there's nothing wrong with taking a quick photo without it on and then throwing it on at the kill site before you move it Mm -hmm. because it says you need to have it on at the kill site before the animal's moved Mm -hmm. it's a tag it's part of it do it and then you don't you know you don't have any problems but i I I agree with you so today i was at antler and uh someone printed off one of their uh, tags over there the photocopier jammed or sorry photocopier the printer got all messed up yeah it shot out four copies of a tag perfect i want one like okay so that guy gets four like i just i don't like that you can there's more potential for people to get away with shit well i'd be happy to discuss it with uh somebody from ministry of natural resources but um now it's on me i have a printer it very rarely gets used actually i could almost guarantee it's out of ink right now Mm -hmm. so now i have to go buy ink I very yeah. rarely use my printer almost now you could ever. Go to the store, but then what's the point? You're still paying a service fee for a piece of paper? Right. Where before so. I paid a service fee, but you know what? At least I got a nice piece of paper. It stays in my wallet fine. Like my my duck, you know like the migratory bird license. Yeah. It's on paper. Yeah. Because you print it off yourself. <laughs> I don't mind that one, but at the end of the season it gets ruined in my yeah. wallet. So but my deer tags were always good, my bear tags were always good, my turkey tags were always good because they you know they're waterproof mm-hmm. now i'm running the risk of it getting ripped up or you know sweat gets in my wallet like something like that it's just i don't like this new tag system it's got to be a give and take uh, a give and take mm-hmm. give and take now do you think the price of licenses are going to go down no they won't you know, they won't should they yes yeah because now you're not paying for that paper lose the service fee cut five bucks a tag cut three bucks a tag do something want- but the, it, it will not happen. It's one thing I'm yeah. very disappointed it, in. That. It's, I know they changed the website where now you can do it through your phone easier and stuff, and that's cool. 
but I think the but half the time thing, that's down. Half the time. Oh yeah. It's been two weeks since I've finally been able to access it from my phone. Yeah. Two weeks. It, it's brutal. Yeah. So I'm I'm not excited for this new tag system. I think that's something that we need to touch up on more. And it's something that I think if you're actually adamant on saying, oh, I don't like it either, you know, it's something that we should kind of... We should certainly raise awareness about yes. it. I know there's a very a lot of disappointed people and yep. it's definitely something that shouldn't be set aside. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's people that are just trying to pick the side of, oh, well, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. It is, but it doesn't have to be. No, you, you don't benefit from it. No, I don't. I, I see a lot of downfalls happening from it. So... Uh, we could always touch, touch more on that. Next question, though, is from Chaps Outdoors. Uh, 3D tournament setups and turkey hunting gear. We'll get more into the gear, like you said, next week. But yeah. 3D setups. I'm, uh, I haven't changed anything for my 3D other than it might be a bit of a recurve this year. Yeah, a lot of. <laughs> I Honestly, like I really want to get one. That was a blast. Oh, there's so much we, fun. I shot maybe 10 arrows. Yeah. And it was freaking fun. Tell me it's not just fun. Yeah, it was It'd be so much better, too, at 3D targets. Oh, yeah. We would definitely need a couple more dozen arrows, but that's yep. okay. Yeah. <laughs> Me specifically. Uh, as far as my 3D yeah. setup, I I can't say too much yet uh, to chaps, but it's going to change drastically mm-hmm. for me. That's it's good. going to be a whole new setup. So I guess I'm going to touch on that a little more once I get it, just because there's so many pieces that I would like to do a build from uh once i finally get everything mm-hmm. uh next one's from adley crawford i'm just gonna ignore that one because we all know what she always asks uh <laughs> there could be some new gossip thoughts on six nine snitching on everyone i don't know what that is and we're just gonna take a second look how six nine is spelt i don't understand what's going on there yeah, uh, I'm sorry, Adley. Uh, not sure on that one. Thanks for listening, as always, though. <laughs> yes. A uh, bit out of our genre, though. <laughs> uh, Cedar Ridge, whitetails, minerals and food plots for deer, question mark. This is the season to start prepping completely right. This is the season. This is the time of year. You are certainly right. Minerals went out either last week or this week, depending on my schedule and your schedule. The does that are pregnant need the minerals. Yes, they do. The bucks that are developing, they're going to start developing antlers soon. Yep. But they need tons of minerals. What I find is bucks always seem to migrate towards the thicker vegetation, the greenery, the pines during the winter months. And that being said, those bucks are really coming out of there. They're going through those hardwoods again. And for a lot of guys, they've got those tree stands set up in hardwoods on field edges. And um, for, you know, uh, a pass-through property such as myself on one that I'm generally successful in every year is I put it at a point where I know they consistently travel through in a set of pines where it's comfortable. It's nice for them to travel through there, but their minerals are always there for them. So that's where I like to put their minerals right on their travel path. And their travel path is actually in a set of pines. It's going from food to water. Mm -hmm. So they're back and forth, back and forth. Um, but yes, this is the right time of year. There's going to be a lot of tilling of land and there isn't going to be much, you know, of last year's crop for them to snack on or, you know, fallen stuff. So, you know, acorns are just going to be coming back and the branches are going to be start, you know, being fresh again with all the healthy foliage growing. So get your minerals out now if you haven't already and, you know, start monitoring those deer, seeing where they're coming. One thing I like to do is actually, if you can't really narrow down where the travel corridors are, make your own travel corridors. 
take yourself a rake out, take yourself a pair of pruners out, prune some branches, you know, say five feet tall, enough that they can just kind of rack on, scrape, walk by if they have to duck on, but something, you know, two, three feet wide, that is just a straight trail. Path of least resistance is what they're absolutely first. Absolutely. And rake the ground and drag, you know, all that crap out of there, help the farmer out, you know, obviously ask them if that's okay for you to do a little bit of work, a little bit of cleanup there and make your own travel corridors you know start to see where those deer are coming through and set up some minerals there set up a trail camera and see what happens 100 percent. the uh you know i don't do too much for food plots as far as like planning like you know a lot of people do turnips or a lot of people do um, clover patches i don't do that stuff but one thing i know both of us are really excited about is for minerals is uh antler rivers actual blend Mm -hmm. for mineral mix because they do have a, an amazing salt yes. mineral. First of all, to start off the bat, it's made by an animal wildlife biologist. Mm-hmm. That kind of tells you he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. The second most important thing is you're not paying for that fancy dancy packaging. You know, it has this picture of a buck that wasn't even shot eating that stuff. It's just a random picture they paid a guy for like, hey, I need that picture of like yeah. a 215 inch buck. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the supplements, but you see that deer and you're like, oh, wow, that can grow that. There, It's literally just the company name. Antler River Archery, and it's just the mix. Mm-hmm. There's no fancy marketing schemes, no fancy nothing. It's mm-hmm. just good nutrients that deer need. There's certainly other products out there that work, but mm-hmm. um, and I, I have used a lot of them. Um, I won't say anything in this instance regarding the names just because I've transferred products. I find that uh, the Antler River products have worked a lot better. Mm-hmm. I cannot get deer off of the salt mineral. That is offered there. So I put that out. Um, I'm going to be getting mine out this week. Yep. And uh, I will be monitoring starting this week. And, yeah, the, the prep starts now. Oh, yeah, perfect time of year. So that's all of our listener questions. That kind of wraps up a little stuff that we've been doing. Haven't talked to for over a week now. I think it's time to go relax, uh, edit this podcast, so you guys can have something to listen to tomorrow. And uh, I think we're going to have a good night. We are. Yeah, so. We'll see you guys uh, tomorrow via Instagram story today, if you're listening now, I guess. Mm-hmm. we got to get better at the today listening. <laughs> but it's going to be hype. Check out the Instagram stories. It's going to be hot. We'll show you a couple rounds after rounds. See who's doing it. It is going to be hype. Buddy, you better eat your greedies tomorrow. Your <laughs> you need some big, strong muscles tomorrow. <laughs>